Hi everyone, welcome back to the Peachy Talks podcast with your host Anna and Ness. We are both registered clinicians here to give you a simple breakdown on the current affairs in nutrition, health and well-being. Hello everyone, myself and Anna are very excited to welcome you all back to the new season of Peachy Talks. So this season we are going to spice up the topics a little bit and share interactive videos, healthy recipes, um, fun fact posts about diet lifestyle um, on our Instagram page at peachy.talks. Just a little reminder not to forget to follow us. And Anna, are we ready to start? Absolutely, Ness. Here we go. So this week we have picked one of the most popular and debated topic of all times, the major fad diets. Oh yes, also known as magic solutions, right? <laughs> Absolutely, Ness. Um, it is the fact that for years and years, many of us have looked for a quick fix or miracle options to achieve weight loss goals with minimal effort. Many of us have tried a number of restrictive diets, unusual food and drinks or recipes, even insane detox programs for a short period of time to obtain quick results. Yes, there is so many of these diets or programs promoted by media, celebrities, um, not fully qualified individuals and so on. And every year there is a new one a uh, uh, new one is being added on top of the list. So I'm sure you heard a couple of the most popular ones, such as the South Beach diet or the Atkins diet, keto diet, the paleo diet, the raw food diet, and the list just goes on. So the main question is how healthy is it to continue to follow such restricted programs and what happens afterwards? So what it's likely to happen in a few words is that most of the time people are fed up with restrictions, which subsequently leads to increased food intake, high possibility of choosing less healthy foods. And in the end, it will result by putting all the weight back on in such a short period of time. At first, fad diets may seem the most promising quick fix solution to a long-term problem. However, we need to be aware of the long-term damages it can create for our health and body. Yes, I absolutely agree with that. So let's take a look at ketogenic diet as an example, which has gained immense, uh, immense popularity during the last decade, uh, primarily because of its successful short-term effect on the weight loss. So the ketogenic diet consists of low-carb, moderate protein and high-fat diet um, that drives your body into ketosis, a state where the body uses fat as a primary source of um, energy. And when we look into research, there is a number of research show the benefits of ketogenic diet on insulin levels in the blood and improvement in insulin sensitivity, for example. However, um, on the other hand, the evidence suggests that the ketogenic diet is limited and or um, contraindicated in patients with severe medical conditions such as liver failure, pancreatitis, inborn disorders of fat metabolism, primary um, carnitine deficiency, and so on. 
But when we look um, on the long term, the side effects include fatty liver, kidney stones, um, hypoproteinemia, vitamin deficiency. So while the benefits of following diet have been extensively reported, the long term compliance with the ketogenic diet is still a limiting factor. So the sustainability of the diet has been called into the question and the prognosis of the diet's effects um, after discontinuation must be examined further, actually. Mm -hmm. That's right, Ness. The after effects of such restrictive diets should definitely be looked into more depth in. One of the latest and most popular one that I want to touch on is intermittent fasting. There is a lot of debate on whether it's a fad or a fat diet. What do you think about this, Ness? Okay, so I think in my opinion, it depends because for some people it can work based on the hours of fasting. So for example, if they are doing 8-16, so eight hours fasting, eight hours, uh, 16 hours fasting and then consumption of the meals within the eight uh, eight hours period. Um, So let's say if a person doesn't like to eat breakfast first thing in the morning and have a meal at 11 and the last meal at 7 p.m. And let's say they go to bed around 10. I can't see why it shouldn't be done as a long term. It would be more sustainable as it fits perfectly to that individual's lifestyle. Um, So the key point is also what you choose to eat during that period and how much of it you eat, actually. I've heard also some crazy stories about intermittent fasting. So fasting 16 hours and having one large meal during that eight hours period. So the meal choice, anything, for example, that person wants to have. I mean, how healthy and sustainable approach this would be in the long term. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on it, Anna? Yeah, so um, I totally agree with you, Ness. And just to go back to what intermittent fasting is, is an eating pattern that includes hours or days of no or minimal food consumption without deprivation of essential nutrients. Commonly uh, studied regimes include alternative day fasting or 5-2 intermittent fasting, which means fasting for two days and um, within the five day and daytime restrictive feeding. So such as what you explained, eating only during a six hour window. Um, The evidence is actually inconclusive at the moment. So intermittent fasting is quite a new idea within the medical um, industry. And the New England Journal of Medicine still states that there is still more research needed to determine whether intermittent fasting yields benefits or is even feasible for human when practiced over the long term. So if there are listeners who are trying to go on the intermittent fasting side, we definitely recommend that you get clinical supervision. It would be more sustainable to see how you progress within the diet. Exactly. I completely agree on that. Um, So to wrap it up, um, as a pair, we determined that uh, neither ketogenic diet or intermittent fasting is fact or fat. It depends on how these diets are being implemented to individuals' needs and their lifestyle, actually. 
And on another note, it's also very important that you know how to spot misleading dietary advice so that you don't end up wasting your time, effort and money and even risk your health. So how can you tell whether the diet you want to follow is a fact or a fiction? Ness, what would your recommendations be? So if it promises miracle solutions in a short period of time without having to make any lifestyle changes, I would say just stay away. Secondly, promote eating mainly one type of food, for example, cabbage soup, chocolate or eggs or avoiding all cooked foods, the raw food diet, for example. And thirdly, that is not based on a scientific research. So any diet that is uh, not being peer reviewed, uh, studies been done on them or they're just like uh, one study has been made on them, it's not uh, doesn't conclude that the Uh, that diet has conclusive results. Um, So my recommendations are pretty similar to yours, Ness. Uh, Staying away from any recommendations based on a single study as it doesn't represent conclusive results accurately. Or if the recommendations are based on claims that we can survive without food or just by having liquid meals only, any recommendations that have anything to do with magical fat burning effects (laughs) of food, um, such as the grapefruit diet. Exactly. So um, we want to thank all of you uh, for joining us today and we hope that you enjoyed today's episode. We would like to hear your opinions on the fact and fiction um, uh, diet so you can uh, send us DMs on our Instagram page. Next week we will talk about physical activity. And we have a upcoming project which we're very, very excited about. Um, So do uh, keep a track on us on our social media, Instagram at peachy.talks. So have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Hashtag stay peachy. Stay healthy.